episode 123 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about Fae. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron and I talk about our thoughts on the game Fae, which is a re-implementation of the game Clans. We don't really mention the quality of the artwork and components, which we really liked both. We were a little fuzzy on the rules, but still had a lot to say about our playthrough. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about Fae. It's nice to know who's going to win. And you don't in Fae. You don't. Not really. You might know that you're probably going to win. Or you might know you're definitely or you not going to win. you definitely aren't going to. We'll have the link for Faye in the episode description so you can see all about who made the game, artists, all those sort of details. We're just going to be talking about our thoughts after having played it. In Faye, you are, you're, what are the little pawns? Do you know? Are they like druids or wizards? Let's or? call them druids. Druids? Okay. We're going to pretend like they're Maybe druids. they are Faye. Are they all, is that, a, is that it? Maybe. Let's say they are. Okay. This hasn't gotten off to a great start, but you are trying to, you have a secret group and you are trying to advance your secret group. Annotated so can, by color. Yeah. So you can have the most like influence, which is just like points at the end of the game. And so there are five different colors on the map. There's a board that's just all these different little sections, or I guess regions with different subsections inside that's them. That's right. A few number of regions. At the beginning of the game, your Delta card, which is your color of... The original game was called Clans. So it's kind of like your color of clan. Yeah. Everyone gets one. We don't know who has them. And when you score points in the game, all of the included colors get points. So you will definitely be scoring points for other people when you're trying to score points for yourself. And you won't know who you're helping. So you could kind of keep all of them close together so that you don't reveal which one is yours, or you could just go ahead and put your color as far forward as you can and maybe also try to manipulate it such that your color is just always in scoring opportunity so they can't avoid scoring your color without only getting like very small points for other colors. Or you could try to put other colors in positions that you think are especially limiting, especially if you have discerned the color that someone else might hold. Yeah, you might kind of cut them off because now do you remember more about, I know that you group them together, like you move them into the same yeah. region, but I don't remember more than that. What I remember is that when you move things into a region, you basically like as you play the game, the board becomes less connected. The, yeah. The, the, thing, the, the pieces kind of, as they move, they consolidate in, and you can only work with adjacencies. And you're typically yeah. moving things from one region into an adjacent region, and then you're leaving those, those regions empty. So you can the, never go back the into empty them. empty regions can't be gone back into. So as the yeah. game goes, there's more empty regions, there's more space between things. The it's moves almost become, like you're evacuating. Yeah, the moves become less possible. And you do, like, like as you score, you take the fey off the board. No, do you? No. Uh, there's faith that get removed from the board. Or Why do they get removed from well, the board? Well, I think you you may have been removing them from the board to make it less complicated because once they score, they don't they don't move anymore. Hmm. No, because you can join other groups with the ones that are already there, I think. Yeah. Listen, you should probably refer to the rule book. There's here a link in the instead description. Instead of yeah, instead of kind of going off what we're saying. But overall, every section just starts with one pawn in it at the beginning of the game, and you are pushing them together yeah. in different combinations. And there's some rule about 
they get to a max size and then they don't collectively move anymore. So it's kind of like dispersed tribes grouping yeah, together into cities. Like they're, they're like a defined. Yeah. Exactly yeah. What you and this other thing that's happening, which like that is, you know, that would be a game just that. Uh, but this other thing that's happening is that every, is it every round? There's like a cursed type of yeah. topography and a, and a blessed type of topography. So those different sections of the game board, those subsections inside of every region have a, a pattern of some sort printed on them and a color. And there are cards that we reveal as we go through the different rounds that when you isolate people onto either the cursed or blessed region, those those colors there either get bonus or fewer points, I think. So that's another kind of element of strategy, not only trying to get your people where they can score, but also trying to get them out of the cursed areas right. where they might just inevitably end up if someone else sort of cuts them off and away from the bigger tribe that's forming. Right. And I, I believe those cards don't repeat. So you can even like be projecting for a move like towards the end of the game. You're like, OK, well, this is more end, likely to be like blessed. Every... Or- Every, in the very last one, everything five. is... Yeah. I think everything's just five. There's not a cursed one at the end. At the end, yeah. Yeah, but the other ones, I think, have... Uh, they have one or the other. So, yeah, you can kind of be... Planning. Planning for what makes sense and how are you going to pull your people through through time. Yeah. But the setup is super easy because you just... Randomly dump, place them out. Just randomly. It's not... And then the actual gameplay and therefore the cleanup, the game nearly cleans itself up because it's yeah. pushing everything back together. Yeah. And I forget exactly. I think there is a mechanic. Maybe it's the curse lands that cause the pieces to come off the board. But I think you're right. The scoring doesn't always eliminate pieces from the board. Yeah. It might be the curse thing where they just leave and don't score or not as many, not as many of them score. So that's, that's a basic overview of Faye. We got this super cheap. Uh, at Gen Con through Miniature Market. So I don't know, maybe Miniature Market is also just selling it cheap on their website. Um, but we're going to go to our thoughts and our four basic our thoughts questions. First of all, is it good? I think it's among the better games I've played this year. I also really liked it. And I think we've now mentioned how much we didn't like Roller Coaster Rush in a few episodes. But I feel like we got to do reviews on games that we didn't like because the answer to is it good is almost always like, yes. But I feel like we need to spice it up with reviews of games that we're also getting rid of or are a bit more contentious about. Anyway, that's an aside. Every now and again, we'll have one where one of us liked it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, what makes this game unique? The obvious answer is you don't know who's going to win because the scoring is obfuscated until the very end. So you're, yeah. everyone's everyone is scoring for every color potentially. Two-player thing is even more fun because there's three colors that don't matter, but you don't know yeah, which ones they are. Yeah, and you don't are. know which we ones know one are. of them that matters, but... Yeah, I think, and this is saying a lot about my gaming history, probably with you, it is not as easy or possible to fully sabotage someone else. Yeah, that's true. Because you don't know exactly who they are, and even if you do, their color might just be intermingled with yours in a way that it would yeah. it would be too detrimental to uh, try to cut them off. I like that you're getting that kind of depth in a gameplay in a rule set that is oh, quick pretty light, yep. pretty quick to learn. Which is the next question: how how easy is this to learn? How much rules overhead 
do you have to kind of put in before you start playing the game? Very little. But I will say, I, I think it's complex enough in terms of how the scoring works and how you're trying to move people around that the first time you play, you might expect to make some mistakes or not feel happy with how you played. Yeah, I think that's going to depend a lot on who you and your game group are as gamers, because I kind of it doesn't take super long to play and even less so if you aren't looking at this huge strategic depth of five turns away what might be happening yeah. so if you are just kind of it's not again it's not really a game of chance but if you're just kind of pushing guys into new sections and then just letting the points go like it's almost like what if you had you knew you had two colors and then you randomly threw one away like let's say in a two player game, like you yeah. looked at two colors and then had to shuffle them. And then the other person like blindly selected one. This is like one. playing coup blind, which is one of my favorite things to do. Well, this is like the only time where I am going to agree that it would be interesting to see what happened. If you knew what two of your colors were, but you don't know which one it ended up being. Right. And so then, and you then know. you're trying to keep them maybe higher up. Yeah. So what I just said is adding, I guess, more depth to it. That's more of a two player variant. But I think I like that. I could see that being a feature of a much more complicated game. Right. And I'm always a fan of a game that takes some kind of mechanic and distills it down and still makes it engaging. Like it's just a purified form, but like a simple form yeah. of it without the clutter of a bunch of other ideas. Like, oh, what we're going to have to do to make that rule work is we're going to have to add a whole new section to the board, add 37 coffee pieces and Yeah, it's just it's very digestible. It doesn't have a ton of mechanisms in it to sort of satisfy every possible gamer. I think that's it. A lot of things newer games maybe now will put a little bit of everything in it because they know you have experience with everything and it gets difficult to actually remember how to play those games to pull it back off your shelf after it's been six months this would be very easy to pull back off your shelf without yeah. feeling like you're kind of playing it for the first time again because well, of how much is in it and then to my point of like how difficult it, it was or is and i think a part of it is just like you know you could learn from my mistake like i decided that my number one goal was to be clandestine about my color and so i basically decided at the beginning of the game that i'm not going to do any actions that don't benefit my color and exactly one other color that I chose randomly. What happened So is, you were kind of playing like you had two colors. I was playing like I had two colors to keep oh. you from knowing what color I had. And I and think I, I think was it was over game, here not trying. You shared that you didn't know what my color was and I knew what your color was and I lost. So I and I think the strategy I chose would have been good in certain board states, but in the existing board state, it put me in a spot where I like basically handicapped myself from like the third turn because I separated my pieces too much to meet that goal of being clandestine. Right. And I think if you are trying to do that, it's a little different if you, if we really did see two colors and we're trying to, you know, only actually got one of them and didn't know which one it was, but otherwise you don't, really want to try to help another color oh it was i was taking the risk that my other color would be yours and then you would just win because i was always helping you right but then that also wasn't true and i did and you win have been very confused like, you'd be like why does he keep pushing my color i think this is the thing that i'm getting at uh, maybe what i like about this game is that it heavily devalues secrecy well not secrecy but deceit oh because if you are what? like pushing this other color forward i think you definitely put yourself at risk for just flat up not scoring enough points with your own 
color because it is so hard to fully exclude a color, even if someone does know. And in a two player game, it's just going back and forth between you. There's no third dummy player that's like randomly doing Uh, something. So because the turn comes back to you, I think I'm probably speaking maybe more of a two player game than like three player, where if three or four people all knew what your color was, they could collectively kibosh you. For three turns, they could pretty, they could really get get you. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, I'd like to play it again because I think there is a strategy that's that that is deceitful that would not be counterindicative of success. And it I think that sounds is, like something you should do with Adam. Yeah, and I think yeah, and that is like basically try not to score points with your color at all for the first two to five moves and convince the other person that that color doesn't matter and then have them bringing it along without consequence, make you middle run. See, I'm shaking my the, head. All the while you're kind of, you're that is just so much work to do when you could just instead score your points. But it's fun. Oh gosh. I disagree so much about deceit being fun or a good thing. Well, it's thing. not so much deceit being fun. It's it just strate- sounds like it. It's, it's strategically around playing deceit. The game. Yeah. What's the next question? Anyways, I, I still I still maintain that I think you put yourself at risk I agree for with those that, but the risk is for fun. those things. Yeah. You it, I think there's a board state where it starts that that might make more sense because you feel like you can project getting bonuses. Right. I, I think you're there's exactly right. so much. I, I don't know how like I think with a starting board state, if you gave 10, 20, 30 groups of people the same starting board state, the same color wouldn't necessarily win. Like it's not that right, but I think there's predetermined. There's certain grouping strategies that when they're present, you need to not be deceitful. You need to just take advantage of the grouping strategies. Of yeah. Now and and I think so I think I think there are board states where the deceit plan will work better than others, but I yeah, don't for think, sure. But I don't think I think there is there are board states where you can pull it off. Just trying to get deceit into all the games. So we said it was easy to learn. Now, how did I feel while playing? Enchanted. <laughs> enchanted by the Fae. Well, oh, okay. Did you actually feel enchanted? I did. I did. Okay. I, I liked every second. Just of like I, in, fact, were... in, mid- in the middle of the game, I knew that I had both succeeded in keeping my color from you, and that I was going to lose, and still was having a great time. Okay, I was really deep in the spatial puzzle of trying to make sure I wasn't messing things up for myself. Right. So Which I, I was, did not do. I was trying to, and then I, I, I was, by the time I got to the point where the spatial puzzle would have made sense, I was like, Oh, Oh no, I've messed things up for myself. Yeah. I very early on. And it's not like, I don't think it's awful, but you do kind of see like, Oh, if I don't do this, they're almost certainly going to do this. And my color won't like, there's a big group and it'll score. And if I don't move my color now, yeah, you did a nice job of being basically always one step ahead of me. And I knew you were going to be like, there was a thing where I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this and see if she misses it. But you just didn't miss anything. Oh, OK. Well, that's comforting, I suppose. So I did not feel relaxed I while playing. Like it, it didn't feel like it was coming easy, but it also it didn't feel stressful to me. Right. It, I felt like I was understanding just enough of it to stay engaged. I didn't feel like I was behind the ball on on what was happening in the game. And then I think there is a little bit of a worry that you are being super obvious with your intentions. But if you score a bunch of points, like, right, it, it doesn't super matter. So if you can, I think the next level is maybe setting setting yourself up, setting up a larger board state yeah. that kind of creates a domino thing yeah. where like there's sort of no 
there's sort of no getting around the fact that your color is just going to be scoring. And there's some like, and there's some kind of bonus something at the end. There's some extra scoring at the end, right? Not a ton. Oh yeah. So I believe there was like some extra scoring, maybe some goals. Or I don't remember. Yeah. I also don't remember again. We put the link in there for a reason. We're not going to read board game geek or rule book to you. Now in closing, I think it's pretty clear though. We don't have an official title for whatever we're calling yeah, we liked it. Two thumbs up. I think this is a yeah, we liked it. Two thumbs up. Yes, I, I yeah. agree. Two thumbs up. And very much a game to keep when you're buying things on a whim. I feel like overall this Gen Con. Oh, it's a keeper. There was more that I bought throughout the year that I liked. And then when Gen Con came around, some of the games that were there, I just already gotten on Kickstarter. I didn't get as many new games at Gen Con. I was kind of picking up some things that I just happened to want a little more than last year. So yeah, especially for getting this on a whim, I was very pleased with it and it is staying in our collection. I also thought about like a permanent collection type of thing, like oh. as, a, as a ranking, like we're putting it in the, anyways, it is That's staying. a lot of pressure. Like well, three years from now, we're like, we can't get rid of it. We called it the permanent collection. collection. I feel like it's, it, it could still be, it could still be evaluated, but anywho, anywho, uh, yeah, it's staying over some things that I was more excited for, knew about you know like actively sought out this was passively obtained and really enjoyable yeah. we would recommend it we could put it on the variant hex shelf of keeping shelf of keeping i don't hate that the most i like that more than whatever the last thing was that i've already forgotten so who would we recommend this game to i think this is a nice you kind of said on the last episode which was i think we're gonna put them out in order which was make the difference something about euro gamers I think this is a nice one, a nice light game for Euro gamers. That's what I think. Yeah, that's I could see this like true. having won a Mensa award. Sometimes games like this will win the Mensa award. Oh, Mensa. I don't know if it's quite Mensa. I feel like that's like little and brain burner. I think it's a little brain burner. Yeah. I mean, you just said you spent a lot of time. This is also another one where I think that if if your game group is all on the same page, regardless of what that page is, I think this is a good game. If you have some people that are like deep, heavy thinkers, planning turns ahead, and you have some people that are just like light having fun. It's not going to be fun because the people are, who are planning are always going to win. There's no gameplay mechanisms to kind of keep everybody on the same like happy path. So, but I do think Euro gamers, heavy gamers, deep strategic gamers could take this and have a, have a ball. Uh, you know and then casual in gamers all the with complexities. other casual gamers and then casual gamers with other casual gamers will not be thinking five turns ahead and will just do a thing they'll play it so fast they will be done so fast and they'll probably play it again and it'll feed it for a casual player it will probably feel more random more dependent on board state and for a deeply strategic player it won't it, the board state will equal everything out effectively and it'll be very strategic about right. how you push things. So yeah, I think it has that kind of classic board game, not chess really, but it has that kind of feel to it where you can bring more to it if you want, but you don't have to. It's right. more about who you're playing with. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, and you think about like, like a characteristic of chess is mm -hmm. if, if you're very good at chess, you will basically never lose to someone who's bad at chess. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's no luck. 
you will just you will just lose every time. And there's not there's still not there's not nearly as much of strategic right. possibilities in Fey as there are in chess. Yeah. So I think even if someone was you might eke out a win from a casual and non-casual player, you know, that that could right. happen here. But I think still, yeah, point point well taken. It's going to work a little better if everyone's agreeable and on kind of the same same serious level, same strategic interest for this one. Yeah, the Fey. Fey, yeah, I don't really have a great I thought way of like to seven different things, but none of them were any good. This does feel a little like a fall game. What I feel like like a like an autumnal sort of vibe to it. Aren't the Fey sort of like a celestial kind of non-corporeal being? So like the end of the podcast could be like the Fey. Is it? Is it happening right now? Thank you so much for listening to episode 123. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We still haven't decided what to post where on socials. We're thinking maybe gameplay photos on Instagram and updates on Twitter or X, maybe? We're also working on a second blog that will have more in-depth details about all of our podcast episodes. That's a bit of a pipe dream, though, because where would we find the time to update that when we still have so many games to play? The next episode will be another board game review for Minute Work, unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 122 more episodes headed your way, the next one being still a board game review, but for Make the Difference. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. (laughs) 